This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 245. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in the episode and any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 245. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. So happy to be here with you and can't wait to dive into today's topic. It's kind of a hot topic. I'm actually really excited to talk about this because it's something that has been near and dear to my heart and also been one of the biggest challenges of my life probably. And I don't think that I'm unlike most of you. I think a lot of you are going to be able to relate to this being like the ongoing challenge of a lifetime, which is really, really sad in some ways, but also I think something we need to talk about. So we're going to dive in in just a minute to how to shamelessly love the skin that you're in. Before we do that, I want to talk about a shameless mom of the week. So every week I pick on a shameless mom of the week from one of our iTunes reviews. So someone who gets on and leaves a review and lets me know how the show has impacted them. And if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, that puts you right into the Apple podcast or the iTunes portal where you can leave a review. Let me know how the show has impacted your life. And then maybe you might be nominated a shameless mom of the week. So this goes to, she didn't leave a name. She just left in the title spot. It says mom, not in the middle. 
And she says, I really just stumbled upon the Shameless Mom Academy because I wanted to take a break from tuning into Pandora and wanted to try listening to a podcast. It only took a few minutes for me to get hooked. The discussions and topics just resonate with me. I'm pretty sure with so many moms. If you're open to grow, evolve, and make a change, the Shameless Mom Academy is so powerful. I listen during my morning commute because it puts me in a positive mindset and confident to go after what I want. I'm more addicted to the Shameless Mom Academy than I am to my morning cup of joe, really. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing your passion, enthusiasm, and honesty about motherhood. So I love this review. Thank you so much, Mom Not in the Middle. I appreciate you taking the time to leave the review. And also, I want to say why I chose this review. I love that this quick morning routine of hers of just pushing play on the podcast on her way to work is something that impacts her day, similarly to a cup of coffee. I think that's really, really powerful. And one of the things I talk about so much is these little routines that give us instant hits of joy, instant hits of inspiration, little happy hits. And I think these little happy hits are really, really important. And especially when you are juggling work and motherhood and wifehood and like, a million things. You have to know how you can get that hit of happy. I think I need to coin that term. I just came up with it. I need to like go find out. Is the <laughs> happy little hits? Is that like a URL I can buy? So anyways, I love this idea and this reminder that the routine of just pushing play on some positive content in the morning when you have a few minutes to yourself in the car can be really powerful. And we've been talking about this a ton as people have talked about using the 15-minute manifest in our private Facebook group and how that's impacted them. And I know so many of you are using the 15-minute manifest to really impact your day by having those few moments to yourself to get yourself grounded, set some intentions for the day, and then get to work on like making those things happen and making sure that you're prioritizing yourself and the things that really need to happen and that you're not just letting yourself wake up and be reactive to what happens to be going on around you first thing every morning, which oftentimes is chaos if you have littles. So thank you. Thank you, mom in the middle. I really appreciate your message. And let's move right into our content today about being more shameless in the skin that you're in. So I'm going to start by sharing that the reason this episode is close to my heart is because I've always struggled with body image. And I've talked about it before on the show. I did a whole episode on how I did not lose my baby weight. And I will link to that episode in the show notes here. But I really want to spend some more time today addressing body positivity and helping you navigate the conversations in your head, because I don't think I'm alone. Like I said at the very beginning, I think that a lot of us, if not most of us, live in this place where sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror. And that feels different depending on where we're at in our lives. But I just think that a lot of us live with discomfort around our bodies. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think it often comes from messaging and programming that starts when we're really, really young and it takes a lot to undo that programming. And I can tell you, I've been working on it myself for many, many years, like pretty much my whole life. And it's still something that I'm really conscientious of. I'm really conscientious of having to be like kind to myself and gentle and all those kinds of things. And this isn't to say that like I'm in a bad place with my body right now. It's just that I'm aware of the conversations that I have with myself. I'm aware of the traps that I can fall into. And I'm aware of how hard it is when my body does not respond to the stimulus I give it. So if I'm eating really well and exercising well, and I feel like I'm maintaining a weight that feels like right for the level of effort I'm putting in, then I'm usually pretty good. 
in terms of how my mental headspace is. But I can tell you in the last six years, I've spent a decent amount of time putting in some pretty powerful effort into my workouts and my nutrition and not getting the results that I felt like I should have been getting. And that was for a variety of factors that not significant to this episode. But what is significant is how hard that was and how it mentally really messed with me. And it was really, really challenging. And I'll continue to touch on it as we talk through today's episode, because I felt like my body was not reflecting how I took care of it. And this is common. There are plenty of us who take really good care of ourselves, who lead really healthy lifestyles. And we're not like a size six with, you know, little hint of a six pack or someone who's like going to go show off their bikini picture on Instagram, right? Even though you're like, oh my gosh, like I only eat the healthy things and do the, all the workouts and drink all the water and have my green tea and do my detoxes and my cleanse, like what all that stuff, right? So it's really uncomfortable, I think, sometimes when we feel like we tend to be really hard on ourselves and we feel like our external image doesn't match the kind of effort sometimes we feel like we're putting into taking really good care of our bodies. And I know that's been a really, really big struggle for me. So that's shifted a lot in the last year or so, year and a half, because I was able to overcome some health challenges and my body got back to kind of where it had used to be before I had Vinny and where it had really had to like, it's what I felt was kind of its natural set point. And so I got back to this weight that I had been at for many, many years prior to getting pregnant. And getting back there, what's funny is that when I was at this weight prior to getting pregnant, I was always like, I'll be fine when I lose 10 more pounds. It'll all be good. Like I was very, very hard on myself. So right now I'm in like, I'm at about 143 to 145-ish. And when I was at that weight prior to getting pregnant, I was like, and before I was trying to get pregnant, once I was trying to get pregnant, I I was like, I'm not focusing on my weight so much or not focusing on like a goal weight kind of a thing. But prior to that, I was always like, just five more pounds or like maybe 10. And I would buy clothes that were like just a little bit snug being like, because, you know, thinking pretty soon these are going to fit rather than just buying something that I already looked really awesome in and felt really good in. I would buy things that were like, I could barely breathe in the jeans, but I was like, maybe in three weeks, if I do one more detox, then they'll fit. Right. (laughs) Which is like just a really awful way to torture yourself. And so now that I've got back to that weight It's interesting. I feel so much more confident, even though I still have like belly rolls and cellulite and like stretch marks, like all these things that I had before. But now I'm like, I don't even care. Like, seriously, I don't have time to care about this. I don't have time to be concerned with the cellulite, which since having a child has creeped from the back of my legs to the front of my legs and all the way down to my kneecaps. And I recently was putting on a skirt to go to t-ball. It was like a little athleta skirt short thing. And I'm really, really pale right now. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I should wear this. Like I'm super pale, which really accentuates the cellulite. And then I was like, who cares? Who cares? Like, I don't have time to care about cellulite. Like that's not what I'm going to t-ball for, right? If someone chooses to judge my cellulite at t-ball, they're not at t-ball for the right reason. So whatever, that's on them. Like I can't be responsible for other people's criticism of my cellulite. And therefore I refuse to be critical of it myself. Like there's not time for that. So I have to have these like pep talks with myself and remind myself that what the heck are you doing? 
this is silly. This is ridiculous. This is not about your worth. And you're getting caught up in like this really old programmed conversation. So I will tell you that for me, a lot of this comes from growing up. I grew up around a lot of women who were always on diets, always trying to lose weight, always making these like weight loss discoveries. And so I remember like one of my mom's good friends, she would make crystal light smoothies, which were basically you put like water and ice and crystal light powder in a blender. And I was like, brilliant. This is like a three calorie milkshake. Like, how can I have more of these? Those kinds of things impacted me. I was good friends in high school with people who had some pretty serious eating disorders. That impacted me. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. 
So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. There was times when my lunch in high school, I was like, let's go get a super big gulp and have a cigarette. There's a good lunch. Like I was not a smoker in high school, but there was like a minute in there where I tried to be one. Luckily it didn't stick. But I remember being like, oh, I'm just so full after that 48 ounce big gulp, just stuffed. (laughs) because other people around me were doing that. And I was like, they're brilliant. Like when you drink a ton of liquid, yeah, you are going to be full for like 45 minutes until you have to start peeing it out every 10 minutes for the next three hours. And so these tricks that were around me for most of my childhood and my young adulthood really impacted me. And I definitely was raised with a lot of messaging around the fact that like women should always be trying to get smaller and always be trying to lose weight. And it should actually be like, a really high priority item. It shouldn't just be something that you're casually seeking. You should be like prioritizing this. This should be like in your top three goals in life. It should be like number one or number two. And I'm really like, I'm not exaggerating. And that's not to say that anyone ever pushed this upon me growing up, but it's what I saw and it's what I witnessed. And it definitely had an impact. So I want to talk about five ways for you to shamelessly love the skin that you're in. And I'll kind of keep talking through some of my own experiences as we go through this. So number one is to focus on what your body can do rather than focusing on your body's shortcomings and also focusing on what you love rather than on what you don't love. And so when you look in the mirror, what do you see? For me, I see a decent amount of muscle. So I really try to focus on that. Like when I stood in front of the mirror, I used to only see belly rolls because I've never had a flat stomach in my life. I don't think I ever will. And it's not something I'm even like, I don't have the energy to go after it at this point. I don't even care. But for so long, I was like, okay, if I just lost like X amount of more weight. And I remember doing crazy cleanses and things that were like, I would never recommend to anyone and losing rapid weight and massive amounts of weight on these cleanses and being like, wow, I'm like so skinny, like my shoulders and my collarbone is like sticking out so much, but still like belly's not flat. I need to work a little bit harder. So I have really had to switch that over time to when I look in the mirror, what do I love? And so now I really catch myself. Like I make fun of my quads because I always say like, you know, team thick thighs and quads for days and things like that. But like, I really love my quads. It's taken some time to get there for sure, but I really love them because they're like fully muscular. (laughs) And some people might look at my quads and be like, oh dear Lord, I would not want to be cursed with those because it's hard to find a pair of jeans that will fit them. And I actually just on Instagram stories recently, about a month ago, I posted the Gap curvy jeans. Love them. I can actually go down a size in jeans if I get the curvy jeans because my quads will fit in them. (laughs) So I've really started to embrace those kinds of things. One thing I'm really embracing now is I've done a lot of cardio kickboxing kinds of things in the last year. So I'm like, oh, I kind of I'm getting some shoulders back. Like I haven't had that in a while. Kind of loving the shoulders right now. So looking at that stuff rather than looking at like, I don't look at like, oh my God, your hips are 
so wide. And it's true. Like these hips were born to birth. I'm telling you, born to birth. And it used to be something where I'd be like, well, if I lost more weight, maybe my hips would be smaller. No, like they're always going to be much bigger than my waist. I'm always going to have a very hourglass kind of figure. I've just learned to like, I mean, I'm a little bit blessed that that's totally in style right now, but I do not make it look nearly as good as Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Or maybe some of you don't like that look, so maybe that's okay. But Anyway, so focusing on what you do like rather than what you don't like. Number two is looking at how your body has served you in your life. So another way to be shameless and just shamelessly love the skin you're in is really look at how your body served you. Here's the thing about your body. It's done a lot for you. For better or worse, it has done a lot for you. You're listening to this show, I presume, because you're a mom. So your body's done a lot if you've gone through childbirth. Even if you're a mom of an adoptive or foster kid, If you've had a baby from infancy, oh my gosh, it is like physical work bending over that baby hour after hour and then through toddlerhood and picking it up and putting it down. Like my back is a wreck from raising one kid. And so it's no joke what being a mom does to your body. If you've birthed the baby, it does one thing. And if you didn't birth the baby, it does some of the same things, just not some of the internal, the like, you know, the pelvic floor things. Okay, so I'm going to go through some examples of how my body has served me in my life to give you hopefully some inspiration and things you can think about. But okay, so how my body has served me in my life. These are all things that I can think of when I get frustrated with my body or I feel like it's not doing what I want or maybe I'm getting in, falling into that comparison trap or being hard on myself. My body's birthed a baby. My body has been an athlete when I never, ever expected it to be an athlete. Like I spent the first 20 years of my life feeling like 100% the opposite of an athlete, feeling clumsy and awkward and overweight and not athletic at all. And then I became an athlete in my 20s. Amazing, amazing experience, life-altering experience. My body has served me by allowing me to start feeling feminine with my curves rather than rejecting my curves. I've always been curvy. And I remember when baby doll t-shirts came in style in college and it went from like everything being oversized boy t-shirts to like little baby doll t-shirts. I literally remember my very first baby doll t-shirt. It was like this striped shirt with different shades of blue and brown on it, which sounds really hideous now. And when I look back, it was really kind of hideous. But I remember my roommates being like, wow, you have a waist. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, don't tell anyone. And I had a really hard time embracing my femininity and embracing my curves. I had big boobs. I had big hips. I had a tiny waist. And I did not know what to do with any of it. I was very comfortable, like rocking my, you know, my Gap boys t-shirts that were like, you know, size large, preferably with the sleeves cuffed, rolled up, whatever. Next is my body served me by taking care of my baby, like allowing me to nurse, allowing me to chase him as a toddler, picking him up a million times, bending over to change that diaper, getting him in and out of a crib. Oh my gosh, backbreaking work. Like I already said, my body has served me by allowing me to play with my kid, running at the park, swimming with him, running next to him as he learned how to ride his bike, trying to keep up with him now as he's on his bike. My body has served me by helping me push mental boundaries by pushing physical boundaries. So every time I've crossed a finish line, it has made me mentally stronger because I've had to push through some really hard physical pain and discomfort and frustration in many cases to reach a goal. And that has made me mentally so much stronger and so much more confident. So my mental boundaries have really shifted and expanded because of that. My body has served me by making me feel strong physically, which has made me feel stronger in so many other areas of my life. My body has served me by pushing me to be more patient. I remember when I was really into hot yoga and I'd spent a lot of time doing hot yoga. And I remember being so grateful 
for how patient that made me feel and how quickly I could calm myself because like the gift of standing in that room and staring at myself in the mirror for 90 minutes gave me this new level of patience that I had never had in my life because I am not a patient person by nature. So like being able to experience that was really, really powerful and profound. My body has served me by helping me learn how to use my breath for so many different things, for calming myself, for getting through that hot yoga all those times, for going through childbirth and labor, through natural childbirth, which, oh dear God, which by the way, I was like, I'll be fine. Like I can just breathe through this. I'm pretty strong. And then I started having contractions and I was like, oh, holy Lord, why am I not having drugs? But that's a whole issue for another episode. If I were to have a second child, I was definitely going to have all the drugs, every drug possible in the world. I also learned how to use my breath for running and for cycling and racing and swimming and competing in swimming and triathlons, which, oh my gosh, like regulating your breathing through that, it's a whole new ball game. It's also helped me regulate my breathing for anxiety and insomnia. There are certain rhythm patterns that I do for breathing at night when I can't sleep that have become really, really helpful. So really learning how to, helping me connect to my breath has been a big deal and something that my body served me really well with. And then lastly, my body has served me by giving me feedback. It gives me feedback when I'm taking good care of myself and doing things that serve my body. I have really good energy. And when I'm not doing things to take care of myself, I have really bad energy. And I went through a phase a couple of years ago where I was trying to be super low carb and thinking like I just needed less carbs and more exercise. And oh my gosh, I just felt awful. And I had no energy and I was actually like pretty rapidly gaining weight and bloat. I just didn't feel good. I look back at pictures and I'm like, oh, I don't even recognize myself. So I would like, that was not a good solution for me. And so I can tell my body gives me feedback and there's like certain things. I'm a little sensitive. There's certain things I need and carbs are one of them. So I get really good feedback and I have learned to be better at listening to that feedback. That's a challenge for me because I'm someone who likes to read an article and listen to advice in an article rather than listening to my body. And so sometimes I have to be like really conscientious of what my body is telling me. And that is really, really not easy for me. I'm not quick to trust my body. Okay. So the third way to shamelessly love the skin that you're in is deciding that you don't need to change your body. So like I said, growing up, I had a lot of programming and messages around me that very fully supported the idea that women should always be desiring to change their body and get smaller and skinnier like not stronger and not to like show off muscles, but just to be like as slim as possible. Slim and thin were like the words at the time. So like, I remember actually when I first started working out, I remember someone saying something about lifting weight. Like if I was running, someone saying something about like adding weightlifting. And I was like, oh my God, like then I might have muscles that would show. I mean, that would be horrible. And this would have been back in like probably 95, 96. I was like, I'm never picking up a dumbbell because I would not want a muscle to show. I want to be as small as possible. I want to be like lanky and slim. Like I look like I might wither away if the wind comes too hard in my direction. That's the look that I wanted. That's what had been idealized to me. And that's what I was looking for. I was like, I don't want to be none of this like strong muscle stuff. Like So this messaging was very strong and very powerful to me. And so I think that one of the best gifts you can give yourself is deciding that you don't need to change a damn thing, that you're 
totally perfect as is. Like if something changes, fine. If you lose weight, fine. But that doesn't change your value at all. And that's a big conversation to have with oneself. That I am no more valuable if I have less belly fat. I'm no more valuable if I drop a size in my jeans. I'm no more valuable if this shirt, dress, whatever fits me more loosely. Be really conscientious around your messaging around that. Because a lot of times we do on a pretty subconscious level, you might be like, oh, I don't think that. But you actually might behave in a way where you're like, oh, wait, subconsciously, maybe I do fall into believing that I'm more valuable if I'm smaller, if I take up less space. And also along the same lines, consider what makes you think that you do need to change your body. Like what is it that has made you think currently or all of your life that you do need to change your body? Is it someone else's ideals of your body? Is it your mom's body image of herself that you let come into your body image? Or maybe your aunts or your grandmas were the women in your life growing up were their body image issues, your body image issues and look and consider the connection there. Because I think it's easy for us to take on other people's body image issues, which leads me right into the next point here. What makes you think you need to change your body? Is it your friend's comments on their poor body image? When you hear a girlfriend talk, maybe a girlfriend who's like a size smaller than you, and she's talking about how she like needs to lose weight and would never dream about putting on a bikini this summer, all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I mean, she's skinnier than me. And if she can't put on a bikini, then how the hell am I supposed to put one on? I would never want to be caught dead next to her at a pool or the beach or hanging out with her kids. So think about other people's body obsession and how that impacts your body obsession. Because that's definitely a pattern for me that I have had to become acutely aware of. Also consider just programming in general, whether that's come from the way from your mom's body image from things that your friends say to maybe the magazines that you've read your whole entire life, the people that you've admired, the supermodels you've admired your whole entire life and what they've stood for. Just like your ideal pictures of beauty in your head and the images that you've chosen to gravitate toward that you in some way have maybe idealized as body types that you should be going after. Like you've idealized like the model who's like 5'11 and weighs like 115 pounds on a fat day when you're like 5'4 and maybe 173 pounds, like at your very skinniest when you like for, didn't have time to eat dinner last night and maybe had the flu for three days. <laughs> so think about other ideals that we just subconsciously take on as our own. Like I didn't choose this. It just became ingratiated in me. And now you have to very conscientiously step away from that. Also consider social media. So is social media making you think you need to change your body? And I'm going to talk about social media influencers in just a minute. I'm going to give you some really specific examples because I think this is so important. So before we talk about social media and before I give you some amazing social media accounts to follow that are so inspiring and get me so fired up, let's talk about our second sponsor today. So when it comes to social media, we are often attracted to pretty pictures. We're attracted to things that we idealize. Like I'm attracted to someone who has like a really organized bookshelf just as much as I might be attracted to someone who has a six pack, right? So we are attracted to lifestyles that we think where we're like, wow, if I put myself in that picture, like everything would be better in my life. So whether that's looking at the perfect bookshelf or the perfect kitchen remodel or someone's body that you deem is like, oh, that's the perfect body. Social media serves a purpose as like 
it's kind of like quenches this thirst for, ooh, if I could just attain that, that everything would be perfect. They're like, I could put a little bow on my life if I could just attain that. And that carries over into a lot of different areas of our life. I think that's applicable to a lot of different parts of our lives. For me right now, it's very applicable to my desire for a kitchen remodel. But I think when it comes to body image, we tend to gravitate towards following social media people who have the bodies that we want to have. And we then have these like really awful messages to ourselves about like, you see someone with, you know, their six pack in their bikini and you immediately think I could never be as good as them. I'll never have that body. And we beat ourselves up over it. So what I want to really encourage you is to look at social media influences and look at the accounts that you follow. I follow very, very few fitness people. And this is not since selling my gym. I stopped following almost all fitness pages and social media pages a couple of years ago, probably like five years ago is when I started unfollowing a ton of them because it's not inspiring to me to see someone else's quote unquote ideal body. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And also, it's not inspiring to me. So I'm attracted to transformation stories, 100%. I love a good transformation story. But this quick hit of an image of a before and after of someone losing X amount of pounds is often a portrayal of all women should desire shrinking. All women should want this. All women should want to go from point A to point B. All women should want to get smaller. So there's just all these messages that come from looking at these quick hits of before and after pictures. All these messages that we just very quickly and subconsciously internalize when we're looking at before and after pictures. So I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them in my social media. It doesn't lift me up. It doesn't build me up. It doesn't serve a purpose. I don't think it's powerful or productive or positive. So I don't follow fitness pages and I don't follow fitnessy kind of people for the most part. So really looking at the social media impact on your mental health around body image, I think is so, so important. 
Also look at catchy phrases like real women have curves. Some women don't. Like I know some quote unquote real women who are just naturally super slender and they don't really have a lot of curves and they actually would like some. So also like strong is the new skinny. Eh, like, do we need a new skinny? I think we're good. I don't think we need a new skinny. I don't think we need to idealize anything. Like some women want to go to the gym and, you know, have amazing shoulders or amazing quads or whatever. Cool. That's awesome. And some don't. That's totally fine. I actually know multiple people in the fitness industry who actively seek out having softer bodies now. They're like, I don't want to be ripped. Like, I can't have the biggest pursuit in my life be my shoulders or my abs. <laughs> they're like, there's more to life. So they're actively seeking out, like, I just want to be soft. I want to have some curves. I want to have a little belly fat. Like that just feels better to me that I can tell I'm in a better place when I have that. I'm being more true to myself and be more generous and gentle with myself. Oh, also looking at media portrayal of postpartum weight loss. So this goes into number four. So number four is just shifting your media exposure in general. So first of all, look at media portrayal of postpartum weight loss be real careful following people who are flaunting postpartum weight loss. It doesn't serve anyone very well. And my thought on postpartum weight loss is I don't like so much of the conversation makes me so uncomfortable. I think that weight loss shouldn't be a priority postpartum and maybe it's never a priority postpartum and that's okay. So I'm not like, Oh, like for the first three months, just relax with your baby, but then you should start working out. It's like, no, it can be whatever you want it to be. And there's no formula that's right. There's not one quick fix that works for everyone. Different things work for different people and different things work better for different people. So I know like in my experience, I had a lot of girlfriends who lost weight quickly and easily with nursing. I did not. I had a really hard time with my milk supply. I ate a high calorie diet. I was on 30 supplements a day and gained a lot of weight with nursing. So it looks really different for everyone. And I think that that conversation that like you just should not be looking at that kind of stuff when you are in that space. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's productive. So look at like, if that's something that is concerning to you where you're like, oh, I really want to like lose this baby weight. Give yourself some time to embrace being a mom and embrace what your body's just done. And then if you want to gently work your way back into getting physically strong again and eating healthier foods that fuel you and all those kinds of things, do that in a really kind, loving, gentle way not like doing burpees when you're five weeks postpartum, like I did, because I don't really recommend that. And it uh, can wreak havoc on your pelvic floor, which I learned the hard way. Also with social media exposure, I'm going to link to, I think I have a list of about 10 or so body positive sites. So the interesting thing with these, like I said, I stopped following a lot of fitness sites and I started following a lot of body positivity sites. And I followed a lot of them over the years and different ones. And I've kind of shifted around. But what I love about these ones that I chose, and there's a huge variety here. And you're going to see that like some of them are like, they're embracing different kinds of beauty. But what you're going to see across the board is this amazing level of confidence. And that's what really hit me when I started becoming more aware. I started following people who were like hundred pounds overweight. And I was like, oh my gosh, like these women that I had started following, I'm like, they look amazing and they exude confidence. And like, I want to hang out with them. I want to be friends with them. And 
I don't care if they have belly fat. Like, I just want to be friends with these women. They look powerful and they look strong and they look fun and like they're messaging. Like this is who I want to be having conversations with. I don't want to be having conversations with someone who's like, let's talk about macros and if I should do the keto diet. That's like the most boring thing in the world to me. And perhaps because I was in the industry for so long, but I just think that like, oh my God, there's more to life. And so I'm going to give you a list I have different people. Some of them are famous, like Chrissy Metz from This Is Us, Danielle Brooks, who is Tasty from Orange is the New Black. Oh my God, her Instagram. I love, love, love her. So some of them are people that you're going to recognize. And then some are just women who have a very different view of beauty or you know, they're like, I'm 100 pounds overweight and totally cool with it. And I'm going to rock it and be like, no shame in my game. And here's what a confident woman looks like. Here's what a badass looks like. So you're going to love this list. And if if you're someone who's like, who do I follow for inspiration on how to be like more of a badass? These are the people you want to follow. I will tell you right now. So like looking at changing some of your social media exposure really will, when you see women of different sizes, shapes, colors, looking confident and powerful, it really shifts how you see yourself and how you want to show up in the world. And I think that's been so profound for me where I'm like, I just want to show up and be powerful and be confident and take up space and stand in my own space and like feel really good about that. And that means way more than if I'm a size eight or a size 10 or a size 12. So that is so, so important and powerful. So I will link to all that in the show notes. If you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 245, you'll see links to all these Instagram accounts. Okay. And then lastly, the fifth way for you to more shamelessly love the skin that you're in, watch your mouth and your head. So consider how you talk to yourself about your own body and then consider how you talk about other women's bodies. So let's start with how you talk about yourself. When you try on things, when you see someone wearing something, do you think like, oh my God, I could never wear that. I could never get away with that. You probably say that sometimes. You're like, oh, they can wear that, but I could not wear that. Like, I do not have the right body type. I catch myself saying this and I'm like acutely aware of my thoughts. (laughs) So consider how you talk to yourself about your body because it matters. And it's sometimes the things you say out loud and sometimes it's the things that you say in your head. So be aware of the things that you say out loud to other people. Be aware of the things that you say. You might say, you know, I've had this conversations with friends before where you're like admiring, you know, someone's daughter where you're like, oh my gosh, like, look at her. You know, I've had this conversation with friends of mine with little girls who are gymnasts where I'm like, oh my God, I want that amazing gymnast body. And there it is right there. It's like this comparison of idealizing the certain kind of body. No, like my body's fine and amazing and perfect just like it is. I don't need to desire a nine-year-old gymnast body. That's actually super creepy and weird if you think about it. So think about how you talk about your own body to other people and how you talk about your own body in your head. And then how do you talk about other women's bodies? I will tell you, I've been around women so many times over the years, and I wouldn't say it happens frequently, especially because I think people are kind of aware of how they talk about these things in front of me now. But so many times I've been around people, especially in beach situations where someone will be like, oh, well, she definitely should not be wearing that. Like, oh, wow, pretty ballsy of her to put on that bikini. That's not cool. Or I know that things like, wow, like she's going to wear the light colored spandex. That's brave. Or just things like you see someone walking across a parking lot and you're like, whoa, like she should not be wearing that. So we catch ourselves saying these things, right? And judging other people, she can wear whatever she wants. She can wear and it makes her feel good, like more power to her. And I love, 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 love the number of women at my gym before I sold my gym, the number of women who had started over the last couple of years being like, 
I'm just wearing a bikini because I deserve to wear a bikini. Like I don't need to like work hard to wear a bikini. I don't need to get in bikini shape or get my bikini body or get my summer body back. I'm just going to wear a bikini. And yeah, I've had a few kids or maybe I haven't had kids and I have a belly or whatever. Like it doesn't matter. You get to choose that. And if someone chooses to judge that, that's on them. And that's their own insecurity. And I can tell you when people make comments on other women's bodies, I am acutely aware of this. It is women who are insecure with their own bodies. 100%. I've also had men do this. I've had men in my life, friends of friends, who have made really nasty comments about women's bodies while we're just like sitting out in a social setting. And I can tell you that it's men who are super insecure, totally overweight, probably not too happy with their own bellies that will comment on another woman's body, belly, what have you. So when you hear someone talk like that about someone else's body and put down another woman's body, it's they're basically talking to themselves. So be aware of that and catch yourself if you're the one doing it. If you're saying like, wow, she really shouldn't wear that. You're saying that to yourself. You're judging your own self. You're talking about your own insecurities about reserving this judgment for what a woman should or shouldn't wear. So be very acutely aware of that. All right. So those are your five ways to shamelessly love the skin that you're in, focusing on what your body can do versus what it can't do. So focusing on your body positivity rather than body shortcomings. Number two, focus on how your body has served you over the course of your life. Number three, decide that you don't need to change your body that it's actually perfect just as it is. Number four, shift your exposure to media in general and social media. And then number five, watch your mouth and your head. All right. So lots of good stuff in there today. I hope you took notes. Go follow these Instagram accounts. Go unfollow all the fitness inspiration crap that you might be following now that's telling you that you need a six pack because I'm telling you right now you don't. And then go rock a bathing suit. Go rock a bikini, a tankini, whatever. Rock it, own it, love it post a picture of it, tag me, whatever. (laughs) All right. I will be back here with you on Wednesday for an interview. I can't wait. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for spending time with me today in the Shameless Mom Academy. I really, really appreciate you being here. If this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you get all episodes as soon as they're released and you never miss an episode. You can do that by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will drop you into Apple Podcasts where you can click on the little subscribe button. While you're there, please also rate and review the show. Let me know what you loved. Let me know in what way you are a shameless mom. And remember, shameless mom of the week nominations come from our reviews. So if you want to be nominated, you got to leave a review. So make sure you leave a review over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And lastly, share this episode with other shameless moms in your lives. The way the show grows and the way we build our community is by you all spreading the word. So take a screenshot of this episode, share it on social media, tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram or Facebook. I will make sure I reply as quickly as I possibly can, sending you lots of loves and shout outs. And I can't wait to connect with you there. Until next time, have a great day. And remember, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.